the content found on thebestdayever.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. This program is called How to Reduce Inflammation and Improve Joint Function and Flexibility. And I think the best place to start, David, is to perhaps describe what the symptoms and causes of varying degrees of inflammation, joint pain, and arthritis are. Because some people may actually be suffering from this in a very small way, but not even know that this may lead to something even worse down the line. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of the symptoms that people need to be aware of, the early symptoms and then the intermediate and then perhaps the later symptoms and what can be done about them? I think that's a great place to start. Uh, my feeling is is that most joint problems and arthritic issues um, usually begin for people in their mid to late 30s as very minor issues that linger around certain injuries, say somebody broke a bone and it never quite healed properly. There's no question that as time goes on, as we age, that these problems actually increase. And that is a significant and important point for our whole entire approach to joint health because we have actually cracked the code of why over, why, you know, why is it that a three-year-old child is not affected by joint pain and arthritis, but say somebody who's 75 is. And we're going to look at that, and we're going to start out by first being able to identify a problem. And here's one issue is whenever you have an injury in a joint, let's say you break a finger, and you start to lose mobility, and it doesn't go away. You never get back a full range of mobility. Well, that is the beginning of a problem. And this is where we've really got to become aware of all the choices that we have in front of us at a very young stage and nip the thing in the bud before it becomes a a more um, protracted problem. The symptoms would be either immobility in the joint. <clears throat> it could also be there, there's a certain um, lubrication in the joint, so a lack of lubrication in the joint. This is affecting people a lot of times with knee problems. Um, they walk for a mile and they, their knees hurt so bad they have, to, they have to sit down because they don't have the lubrication in the joint. It can also be um, an inflammation, so like a retention of water, it, or it feels like a retention of water around a joint. And when you have had an injury and you have bumps on the injury of, on your bone, let's say you broke a finger or toe, and then that bump never goes away, become a hiding place for organisms that are associated with arthritis, um, which we're going to get into. Over time, as, as time goes on, arthritic pain can become chronic and it can affect you all day long. And what will happen is you'll have inflammation in the immediate area where there is um, an arthritic pain. You'll have inflammation, you'll lose mobility. Um, and this is actually a lot of times what will drive people completely out of their old behavior patterns in terms of their eating, their supplementation, their herbs, and all of this kind of stuff, because the pain actually can become um, quite chronic and just it just stays on all the time. And when people get into that place, they begin to get um, solution-oriented, just to put it mildly. And again, what we're about is prevention-oriented, but we're also going to address solutions and prevention, but can we define specifically what actually is inflammation? I know there's a lot of 
definitions on the internet and, and in different books, but what is the specific definition of what inflammation, what's occurring when we do have inflammation? That is, that is really a much more difficult question to answer than it sounds. Um, from my research and what I've come across is that inflammation actually that remains, that's chronic, that, that needs to be separated from inflammation that occurs if you get a giant bruise or fall down the street or, you know, slip on the stairs. That will go away because you have an inflammatory response and then your body cools things off, the healing process begins and, and things go back to normal. But chronic inflammation is a, is a whole different ballgame. And chronic inflammation appears to be an autoimmune condition. And what that means is, is that there's something in the center of that inflammation that your immune system is not capable of getting on top of, is not capable of wiping out, eliminating, and clearing from your body. And when there's a multiple series of these problems over and over again over a long period of time, we end up with, say, a, a deformed fingers from rheumatoid arthritis, or, you know, severe knee problems or severe back problems. Um, of course, the most unique bone in our body, or actually series of bones and joints in our body, is our spine. And if you look around, the amount of spinal problems, back problems, it is, it, it's probably an epidemic. But these are our solutions, and what we've got to do is we've got to get right to the core of what's causing that inflammation. When I say that it's an autoimmune condition, it means that there's some kind of an organism or a parasite, or whatever you want to call it, that is in that area of your body that your body cannot quite eliminate. And we're going to approach it from that perspective in order to get the, um, what I believe, the, the most appropriate solution based on all the technology we have today. So just to clarify, inflammation can happen almost any place in the body where there is a joint movement, perhaps in the hands, and the elbows, and the knees, and the spine, and the neck possibly as well? Yes. Not only where there's a joint, there could be inflammation in other areas, but joint inflammation is the most common form of inflammation. And the reason why that is, is because the inside of your joint, it, where, where your two bones meet each other, where the collagen are touching each other, where you have that juiciness, that area is not vascularized. And what that means is it's not, there's no blood flow into that area of your body. Therefore, all your immune weapons, your T1 fighter cells, your, uh, your whole white blood cell armada, um, may be limited in its ability to get into the joints. And this is probably one of the most key points that we're going to discuss in this particular topic of joint uh, inflammation and, and how to reduce it and get flexibility back. We, we have to be aware that inside there can be a... Um, essentially a, a reaction, an in-system reaction, that because there's no blood flow into that area, there's no oxygen, and therefore all the little bad guys, the viruses, nanobacteria, which we're going to talk about, and fungus will root right into that joint, and at some point your body goes, look, we're putting out too many fires over here, we can't even deal with this right now, and the problem becomes chronic and continues to get worse. So the lack of blood flow to the joint is the reason why mammals, reptiles, and birds, um, in particular, break down in that area first. Does that mean taking supplements as a protocol to eliminate joint pain and inflammation is not going to be enough? Just taking a calcium pill or just taking some type of a vitamin C tablet? 
Yes. I mean, what, what we've really discovered in the last 100 years of an incredible and significant amount of research into the area of inflammation and joint pain is that there, there, there probably is not going to be a quick fix. However, having said that, occasionally it does happen. And where, where it's going to happen is on subtle energetic medicines like homeopathy or bee venom therapy, where you can, ha- you can trigger off a homeopathic reaction in the human body that suddenly allows your immune system to uncode the intruder or to figure out how to fight off the intruder, and suddenly, boom, all the inflammation goes out and your immune system comes out victorious. Now, this does happen, and I want to mention that specifically the approach that I'm recommending um, as part of the whole program that we're going to be going through here does include a homeopathic component, which in, in this case, and the, the homeopathic component that I'm familiar with is bee venom therapy. And before we get into any specific remedies, let's just really briefly talk about the consequences of not addressing this early on and what it can mean, say, if you've had this problem for two years compared to having it for 10 or 20 years, and how much quicker you can alleviate this if we address it quicker. To answer that question, what we're going to have to do is and, and to elucidate that particular issue, we're going to have to really get into the nuts and bolts of what organisms are causing these problems, and then we'll go from there. The, the primary organism that's causing these problems in not just humans, it's, it's affecting, if, you, if a turtle lived long enough, it would eventually go down with inflammation of the joints and would actually eventually become stiff and wouldn't be able to move and it would die. That's what gets every animal in the end eventually. And that's an important point for people to know about because I didn't know about that. I, I thought that arthritis was specifically a human problem, and it is not. Therefore, there's some kind of an organism in nature that is involved in kind of recycling us back. And if we can't get that organism out of us, then we're just going to go the same route. You know, if we, let's say we live to be 100, great, but we'll still eventually go down with a joint problem or some kind of inf- inflammation disease. Steiner said that there's two types of diseases, inflammation diseases and sclerotic diseases, like psoriasis is a sclerotic disease. However, in modern science in the last 25 years has figured out that both inflammation and sclerotic diseases have one organism in common, and that organism is a a shell-forming organism or a microscopic clam the size of a virus or a barnacle, if, you, if, you're a, if you're familiar with boating, you know what a barnacle is like, or if you've seen a whale with those little things stuck on them. Or another way of saying it is a little tiny little coral reef. Um, those little organisms that form that coral reef, they are the primary organisms that cause the inflammation, that get in the joint, that start causing flexibility and um, rotational problems, pain, and eventually the breakdown of the entire joint and the collapse of the immune system in that specific area. These organisms are called, now more recently, they've been called calcium-forming particles, and they're forming bad calcium shells right inside the middle of the inflammation. Before we talk about the difference between good and bad calcium also, because I think this is a crucial distinction, we just need to remind everybody, we're not here to diagnose or to treat any diseases. This is uh, purely spiritual advice. In fact, if you want to just give that quick disclaimer, Dave, because I think it is really important, because you, nobody's going to hear this discussed in any other way like this. Basically, as an Essene minister and an Essene bishop now, uh, my goal is longevity for everybody, and this is um, spiritual longevity. That is really the focus of our conversation. And to have spiritual longevity, it's really good to be out of pain. 
because if you're in pain all the time, eventually, you know, you're, you're gonna, your body's going to crack. Somewhere, you know, your consciousness is going to crack, and, and there can be a, a giving up. Um, if we can get out of pain and get spiritually strong, then we have actually succeeded in being closer to our creator and in our creator's intent, and that is for us to live healthy, happy, all the years of our life on the planet, and we should have a long life on this planet. Well, let's, let's jump right into it then. Let, let's talk about the difference between good and bad calcium because I was taught as a child and as an adolescent and, and you know, now in my, in my 40s that, hey, you need to eat a lot of cheese and drink a lot of milk because you, you need calcium. But then I learned that we are the highest consumers in this country in the United States of calcium-based dairy products, yet we have the highest incidences of osteoporosis anywhere in the world. And we eat the most cheese, and Holland, I think, was number two or three. And they also eat the most dairy products. So what is good calcium with bad calcium, and why is there this massive myth around we can only get calcium from dairy products? We've all seen bad calcium before in our bathtubs or toilets, and we call it scale. And it's the formation of little calcium particles. That kind of stuff is exactly what we're trying to avoid inside our body. Now, of course, we've all seen good calcium, and that is any bone that's naturally formed by the human body or any animal is the good calcium, obviously. And we have to differentiate between good calcium and bad calcium because the organisms that form these little shells that get into the middle of joints that are really the center of inflammatory issues, those organisms form bad calcium as a byproduct of their metabolism or they form a shell that your body does not, does not like, your immune system doesn't like it. In fact, your, to your immune system, those little shells are like glass. It's like chewing glass, and it literally decimates the white blood cells. And that's, that is the specific point of why we have so many joint problems today, even though we really have an incredible technology to get rid of this stuff. Because if we don't have the right strategy, if we are not specifically using the right um, herbs, minerals, superfoods, dietary strategies, lifestyle strategies, exercise strategies, we may not be maximizing the ability of our immune system to deal with this very dangerous um, organism that eventually is going to get people. You know, this is what takes people out in the end. And so what foods do we need to avoid and what foods must we absolutely ingest in order to get this good calcium? Okay, well, the best calcium sources aren't actually even calcium-containing foods. And this is a, a shocker to some people. Um, but when you look at actively, I think you'll realize that there's a, a deep truth in it. And, of course, it has a significant time-proven element to it. And th- there are two minerals that are in particularly important to build calcium. Um, what I'm saying is, is that you don't eat calcium to build calcium in your bones. You need to eat magnesium and silicon in order to get the appropriate calcium formed in your bones, in your joints, where you need it. And that violates a big theory that we were taught in school, which is in order to get sulfur, you need to eat sulfur. In order to eat calcium or get calcium, you have to eat calcium. This has been proven and has been known in herbalism for thousands of years to be incorrect. And that, if you understand this, this is you have a tool. Um, but some of the lowest calcium content foods that are eaten by peoples in the world, meaning the lowest calcium diet, these diets are actually somewhere, you know, way below the, the normal. I, mean, it's, I, can't, I can't remember quite. It's like 20, I can't remember what the RDA and calcium is right off the top of my head, but it's, it's about one-fifth of the RDA and calcium 
But these indigenous diets, like in Africa, Senegal, uh, Sierra Leone, these, these indigenous diets have high silica, high um, magnesium, and there are no the bone problems in people's youth and teeth problems, and they lose time without the arthritic problems because their bones have been built properly out of the right minerals. Um, again, calcium is coming from dairy products and milk, and it certainly comes from green leafy vegetables, which is good, but there is a problem, especially with animals, that contain calcium because they contain, and this has been shown, the organisms that cause the calcification or the joint inflammatory response. And we don't want to be eating more of those guys. Usually we're picking it up from the environment already, and we don't want to overburden our immune system. But this is what's happening with the huge animal food diet that people are eating, especially with milk and dairy products. So milk and dairy, do they actually lower our calcium levels or they just don't deliver any at all? When we're younger, we have more enzymatic ability to break down what's there and get rid of what's inappropriate or not needed. As time goes on, that's more and more difficult. We know, for example, that the United States, the Scandinavian countries, and some Western European nations lead the world in osteoporosis. They also lead the world in milk consumption. Milk consumption has been correlated specifically to to, um, osteoporosis. It, because the, the exact levels of milk consumption in different nations correlate exactly the level of osteoporosis in that nation. Okay, so we know what to avoid. We primarily want to avoid specifically. Let me, let me just go down a list here. Um, I wanted to give specific foods, and we're going to give some, but the, the key thing is we want to avoid dairy products, and we want to avoid um, foods that we could be allergic to. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. Now, that's different for everybody, but the main ones are dairy products and wheat and grains that have been cooked. Hmm. Those two lead the world in allergic response. If we have an allergic response to a food that we're eating, our immune system is activated. That means our immune system might be trying to fix what's going on in our pinky finger from a joint problem and suddenly goes, oh, my God, I've got to fix all the stuff over here, and then just has to leave that alone and go run and, and try to repair what's going on in the digestive system. This is really critical because what we're trying to do with the whole diet program as a lifestyle choice and as a spiritual choice is to introduce foods into our body that our body likes, that there's no allergic response to, and that is not, for example, loaded with um, organisms that we don't want inside our body. For example, meat and especially the blood in the meat um, has a tremendous amount of these organisms. So meat is very dangerous in that regard. The, of course, dairy products are very dangerous in that regard. And so there, therefore we want to move to more, to less meat, definitely off dairy products if we can do it. If we're going to do it, we want to do it raw and organic, right, you know, from the goat that lives in our backyard and, uh, and approach this from a, a whole lifestyle change. So when you're saying, again, organisms, are you referring specifically to nanobacteria? And if so, is nanobacteria a thing in of itself, or is that a broader term for an, a number of different organisms? I'm just talking specifically about nanobacteria, and what happens is, and the reason why you had stated it's really important that we address this earlier on when these issues are very minor, nanobacteria form shells. And when they keep forming shells upon shells upon shells inside your joint, for example, eventually you start having mobility problems. And more importantly, those nanobacteria then help to create hiding places for viruses in the case of rheumatoid arthritis and for fungus in the case of like 
toenail fungus or, or um, fingernail fungus. Okay, nanobacteria that are specific to joint inflammation and to inflammation in general. If we, it has been shown in the last 25 years that wherever there's a chronic inflammation, wherever it is, it could be a psoriasis, it could be a joint issue. And by the way, you'll note that most psoriasis or skin disorders occur above a joint. And the reason why that is is because that psoriasis, the organisms, whatever they are, the fungus, are rooted with the nanobacteria right into the center of that joint. And is that why we see a lot of elderly people who have like strange little growths on their elbows and even on their knees? Yes, it is. In fact, we, we probably can conclude that the main cause of disability um, these days in terms of mobility is, is arthritic pain and inflammation. And what ends up happening is you just can't move around anymore. And every time you do move, there's pain. Fortunately, solutions exist. So it, but it doesn't sound like a fair fight because these little bacteria, these little organisms are able to get into places where the nutrients that we would take to combat those ailments can't penetrate. So what are some of the solutions that we can use to break these organisms down and eventually get them out of our body altogether? I guess the way that I want to answer that is we, we've got to take, a, we've got to take a, um, a preventative approach, as you mentioned earlier. So we're, we're all together uniquely taking a preventative approach, and that's what we'd like everybody else to do so we never run into problems. However, we may be down the road pretty far. If we're in the preventative mode, we, we can take a few extra herbs, superfoods. We can, for example, select certain foods like garlic more often. Garlic is a fantastic nanobacteria destroyer, uh, a fantastic anti-inflammatory, um, one of the best uh, weapons for your immune system is the oils and garlic. And the, with a few additions and changes in diet and just changing our lifestyle around, literally it's about probably five minutes a day. It's really easy. Um, but over a long period of time, the effects are dramatic. We can help, like, for example, my friend Aaron, who's been working with me for five years, um, we got him on a, on a gen gentle approach. He's not completely raw food. He's not completely superfoods. But he, he's, he's been able to do certain specific things. He got his knee inflammation problems, which were so severe, he would walk a mile and, and couldn't walk. He'd be in chronic pain. Um, he, he'd walk a mile and he, he couldn't go any further. And it, literally, he spent eight months in Argentina, no, I'm sorry, Chile, um, hiking around with no problems at all. And he, again, he's not you know, a super disciplined guy, but he's disciplined enough to get out of pain. And that's an important point. You don't have to be super disciplined. You just have to do the right things. And eventually, over time, the pain starts going down, the inflammation goes down, and your joint is able to, to heal itself, as it did in his case. Now, he has no knee problems at all, which is a miracle, because when I met him five years ago, when he started working for me, he was, you know, literally, he couldn't walk a mile. Dave, you've created a very advanced program called the Super Immune Tonic System. Can you give us an abbreviated version of things that people can do right now, foods they can take, some protocols that may only take a few minutes a day? that they will be able to see a difference in their joint and inflammation uh, problems within a few short weeks or even months? Absolutely. The way that this works, see, the, the, we have to be clever in order to really pull this off and, and make it work. And what I mean by clever is we just can't suddenly just, you know, stop eating this and then suddenly eat that. It, it, we have to be a little bit more sophisticated than that. We have to take advantage of the most incredible herbs that are available to us now that have a, a time-proven history um, as anti-inflammatories and as stone destroyers, meaning they break down that bad calcium. We have to take advantage of the cleansing technology that we have today, and we put that all into the super immune tonic system, and that's a four-tiered system. It's just basically four stages. It's really simple, very simple, five, five, less than five minutes a day. In fact, you can get so used to doing it 
that you don't even think about it. You, you know, if you can take, um, if you can brush your teeth in the morning is what I tell people, you can do this. If you've disciplined yourself in your life to be able to brush your teeth every day, and everybody has done this, you literally can do anything. And mm-hmm. this is based on that kind of approach. You do a little thing in the morning, a little thing in the evening, you're done. It's, it's simple. Here's the four-tiered system. One of the, one of the deals is, is we've got to start breaking down the bad calcium in the joint or wherever the inflammation is. And we need specific tools that have been known to help out doing that. One of the easiest and one of the most common, it's, it's one of the best sold supplements um, in health food stores is methyl sulfonyl methane, MSM, or Mary Sulfur Mary. This stuff, when you take over 7,500 milligrams per day, you don't start there, but when you get to there over a period of, say, a month or two or three, um, and then you, st- you start getting this dissolving factor coming in, meaning it gets in your joints and it dissolves away the shelling of these organisms and allows that flexibility to come back. Most people who I talk to have taken significant amounts of MSM over a long period of time. In fact, pretty much everybody I've talked to in, who, who've really done MSM, not just one 500-milligram capsule a day, but 7,500 milligrams a day, don't start there. You know, you, that's where you finish. Um, you can even do more. They, they have told me that MSM, this is the phrase I hear, MSM changed my life. That's what I hear because it's so effective at creating that lubrication and dissolving that bad calcium. That's step one. We want a, a, a bad calcium dissolver. There are other ones like zeolite, like DMSO. We don't, I don't want to complicate things too much. MSM is real easy. I, I, like to, I used to do the powder. After a while, it doesn't taste that good. So now I do the vegetarian capsules whenever I'm doing lots of MSM, and it's great, easy. Um, you can do it once in the morning, once in the evening, no problem. Do it with your breakfast or your dinner. Stage two is we need some of the most powerful herbal antibiotics. And what I mean by that is there is a pharmacopoeia of herbs that's available to us now that's never been available in the history of the world. And we can take advantage of the best of the best. And what we do with the super immune tonic system is identify specifically which herbs are the anti-inflammatories. And not just anti-inflammatory, the best anti-inflammatories ever. And one of those, of course, is garlic, as I mentioned. Um, aged garlic extracts are a great way to go that allow you to be able to get all the goodies from garlic without having to suffer with the garlic breath. Um, but it's specifically aged garlic extracts like Kyolic, which is a brand name, a brand that I like. I like the research they do. They put their money where their mouth is. I think they're a great company. And I, and I have no stake in that company, but I support them. I think they do a great job of doing aged garlic extracts. There's an incredible array of medicines that come out of the mushroom world. And in the world of, pharma, of, the, of the herbs and what they can do for us and how they benefit us, mushrooms are specific to the immune system. Meaning that out of, like you, you could go eat, for example, I don't know, you could go get birch bark and make a tea out of it. And that's good and it's good, it's great for you, but it doesn't specifically ramp up your T fighter cells. It doesn't educate your immune system in how to break down and uncode um, invasive organisms like virus, like um, nanobacteria, etc. But the medicinal mushrooms that grow on trees that have been used for 5,000 years in Chinese medicine and have been used in Native American herbalism and European folk herbalism are tremendous, and they've been, now been extracted for us and simplified for us. So literally, we take 
five, six, seven capsules of that, split it up between the morning and the evening. And I'm talking about a combination of the top medicinal mushrooms like reishi mushroom, agaricus mushroom, maitake mushroom. You don't even have to know much about what they are. You just take them and you'll figure it out. Um, when you take all those together, you, you begin over time, and it usually takes about a year to ramp your immune system up into a place it's never been before to a place where I have experienced in my body, I never get inflammation ever for any reason at all, ever. Um, I never have any sore joints ever for any reason, no pain whatsoever in my body because I've disciplined myself to take these medicinal mushrooms over a long period of time, and I do believe they are a major factor. There's more than that. There's, of course, the mangosteen rind, which is one of the great fruits of the world. In fact, in Asia, it's considered the queen of fruits. If you've ever peeled an orange before, there's a rind left over, a skin. Well, of the mangosteen, that rind is a super powerful anti-inflammatory. And when combined with appropriate minerals and a, a, just a little bit of alchemy, um, what can happen is that you can, you can even double or triple its effectiveness. Uh, I think that that is one of the greatest things that's out there right now is the, the organic uh, mangosteen rind extracts. It's unbelievable how powerful that stuff is. There's one more that I want to name here. It's very popular in South America, tremendous history behind it, and it's literally like the number one thing for flus and colds and immune system in South America, and that is cat's claw or uña de gato. Uña de gato is an incredible vine. The root bark shaving can be used to make a tea. It's a, div it's a divine tea. It tastes good. My God, you know, you can heal yourself and drink things and eat things. It tastes good. Uh, David, can you ingest the uh, bark also, or do you need to make it into a tea to extract the nutrients from it? Well, you don't actually have to ingest it as a bark tea um, to get the nutrients. You don't have to boil it or whatever. What's been done in recent years, in the last pretty much the last 15 years, is they've been taking cat's claw bark and just powderizing it into such a fine powder that your body can absorb it easily. And I found that those are very effective and a great way to go. What about taking the tea and putting it into a blender and just blending it up? Sure, you could do that too. You, you can do it anyway. You can also do extracts where they make, they, they extract the um, ingredients of cat's claw either using hot water and or alcohol or both and then powderize what's left over. And that is a very, very effective extract and it's very, very concentrated, so you can get a lot in a little. And that's one of the great things we've got today. You know, we, we, you can, everything I'm talking about here can just fit right into your purse or your backpack and take it with you when you're traveling. Okay, now there's an, a third stage to the super immune tonic system, and that is the holistic support um, from various different areas that we can take advantage of. One thing we know about inflammation, and uh, the marker of inflammation that's used in medicine today is C-reactive protein. One of the things that we know turns that C-reactive protein straight on the downward spiral is enzymes. Now, this is the key thing about the living foods diet, is the living foods diet shuts off infl the inflammatory response. And if you're new to living foods, what we're talking about is adding into your diet organic fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, sprouts, wheatgrass, seaweeds, um, of course, herbs, that you, the common vegetable herbs like oregano and thyme and marjoram, all those things, and, and the more complex herbs that we've been discussing, such as the medicinal mushrooms, superfoods like goji berries, like maca, and things of that nature, 
when you add these things into your diet, you, number one, create an automatic anti-inflammatory response. And these foods are so rich in enzymes that they actually begin to take that C-reactive protein and just send it right back to where it came from, knock that score right down, and, and begin to help get us out of pain. I have seen so many cases of people who are in chronic pain for years become completely well with living foods. It's, it's a joke. I mean, I've been doing living foods uh, education for 13 to 14 years now. And I've seen exactly how powerful living foods can be as a supplemental support to our lifestyle and what we're doing. We just do the best we can, learn and educate, um, get in, get involved with people who are into living foods and go to uh, live food restaurants, raw food restaurants, and, and just get into the environment and you'll find it's fun, it's easy, and it tastes great. I mean, it's, it tastes better than the other stuff, that's for sure. So these recipes, we're going to have three drink recipes and a couple of simple protocols at the end of this program uh, within the manual that you're going to be able to easily follow through. You'll be able to buy these products online. Some of them are they're sold in bulk quantities very cheaply. And once you get into this habit, you're actually going to eat, need to eat less food because you're getting more nutrient nutrition in your body, and you're going to be feeling better and losing weight, and your cravings are going to go away. Can't even begin to tell you how much it will change your life. So this isn't some kind of bland, horrible thing you have to do for a while to make the joint pain leave. This is something that you're going to adopt and you're going to fall in love with. I promise you, everybody I've introduced this system to has ended up loving it, not just for the taste of it, but how it makes them feel. Len, I think you are touching on such an important point, and that is nobody wants to do anything as difficult. People want to do stuff that's simple and easy. And what we're doing here in, in this approach to joint inflammation and get it, getting that flexibility back is just chunking it down so it's just as easy as possible and it will still work. And you don't have to be a genius. You know, like, you know, I'm t talking about my friend Aaron. This guy's amazing, but, you know, he's not like the most disciplined guy in the world. But I'll tell you one thing, he's out of pain because he's able to do a few of the right things consistently over a long period of time. And one more thing, you, when you mentioned about kids, like getting your kids to do this stuff, and you can't, and this is all safe for kids, wonderful. You know, the kids' immune system is awesome, and it will help them in other ways. Kids don't have joint problems usually unless they're born with, you know, some weird, you know, strange issue. Um, but... Kids can benefit in other ways because their immune system will be ramped up and they'll start to put in a little bit of reserves into their longevity bank account because they're not subtly accumulating the stuff. Their immune system is always wiping the slate clean. Pets, that's the one that I wanted to say. If you have pets, this stuff works on pets too. Pets can benefit. If you, what takes out the, the pet, right? What's going to get the cat or the dog? What, like the dog, hip dysplasia. What's hip dysplasia? Joint problems. What causes it? Inflammation. What's the inflammation? An organism that gets into the hip joint. And you're going to see that it's ubiquitous. It's all over the place, these, these joint issues. It doesn't just affect humans, but fortunately, we have solutions. Okay, so the enzyme piece is the living food diet, and that's our, really our main support in terms of getting that, just the inflammatory reaction. Let me just give you one bit of research on living foods and, and raw foods, especially plant-based foods. Um, Paul Kuchkoff was a scientist back in the 1930s. His research has since been replicated. And he was the first guy to, to demonstrate that the immune system reaction to eating food, before he came along, the medical community thought that every time we ate food, our body would react to the food as a foreign object and attack it with white blood cells. But Paul Kuchkoff discovered that that was not the case, that when we ate cooked food, processed food, our body would attack it like a foreign object 
our immune system would be activated, and that is the key point. When we eat living foods, our immune system is not activated to fight off what's in our digestive system because what's in our digestive system is good for us. Is, does that make sense? That is absolutely incredible to think That's that. incredible research. It, it's the body treats cooked food like a disease or like a foreign invader. It, like a foreign invader. And this can, you can actually do this, you can do this yourself. You can just literally get a microscope and eat, you know, a giant steak dinner with baked potatoes and everything else and then observe your blood an hour later under a microscope and you'll see that the white blood cells are all over the place. They've gone crazy. They've exploded into your blood. Um, and then you can do the same. You can eat an entirely living foods meal, a beautiful salad with avocado in it and stuff like that. And then look at your blood an hour later under the microscope and you'll see, whoa, there is a massive difference. And he discovered that, in fact, when you eat food that's good for you, that's healthy, completely healthy for you, you do not activate your immune system. You do not stimulate your immune system to become overactive. And therefore, your body starts to go into an anti-inflammatory state. Now, I want to state this, that if we've eaten cooked food our whole life, and we all, you know, grew up on that stuff, you know, we all grew up not just on cooked food, but just garbage, um, most of us, we, we are in a place where we've created a little bit of an autoimmune condition inside of our digestive tract because our immune system has been activated every time we eat something. And so we just need to gently wean ourselves off those old habits rather than jumping, you know, whole hog plus the postage and a pickle into the new diet and lifestyle. You need to just gradually take those steps because you've got to calm and soothe the immune system and just bring things back down to a normal and natural level. Okay, so you've, you've gone into specifically different herbs that we can use and some, um, some different supplementation that we can take and uh, that's not very expensive, that's really easy to do. What, are some of the, what, what also are some of the more recommended anti-inflammatory live foods that we can eat? Well, let me, let me just give you a, one more bit of this whole thing. And I want to mention the super herbs and super foods. And if we're going to get into foods, we've got to touch on really where the, the most powerful foods and herbs are. I want to touch on them first. And we call them the superfoods or the super herbs. In um, athletics, a lot of times they call them adaptogens, meaning there are certain superfoods or foods on the planet that are so powerful that they help you adapt to any kind of stress, any kind of immune system problem, any kind of pain, any kind of uh, inflammation. Those are well known to us in, in the category of what we call like ginseng, rhodiola, the goji berry. <laughs> These are of a category of adaptogens that are so darn powerful that they are where we got to go first. Because if you're going to change one thing today, I recommend adding in, say, those superfoods you know, versus lettuce. I think lettuce is great, but it's not going to give you the anti-inflammatory response that a goji berry is going to give you. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. And we can take advantage of these adaptogens. Um, for example, Tulsi is a great adaptogen. Holy basil from India, that's one of the great adaptogens of the world. Nettles, simple nettles, nettle powder, nettle leaf tea is an adaptogen, one of the great herbs of the world. You know, I could go on and on, and these are these are all listed in the super immune tonic system. It's all there. It makes it easy for you. And places where you can get it already encapsulated for you. And so it's just the easiest thing ever. And actually, and, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just mention that these are mentioned in the manual because we're going to transcribe this and have these laid out specifically. So these, these will all be mentioned and spelled out for you in places that you can get them in the manual. So you want to refer to the manual on these different types of foods. Right, exactly. And, and we're going we're gonna to turn you on to new things like camu camu berry powder. 
which is a vitamin C plant powder, but it's a botanical. It's not been synthesized in a laboratory. It's natural. It's a plant. It's just been dried and been powderized. And that way you can start taking advantage of, I mean, we just, anybody's listening to this right now, please take it, take intimate advantage of the technological innovations that we've achieved in the field of nutrition and in health. There's so many incredible things out there. When, I, when somebody comes to me, they say, I've tried everything. Guess what? They haven't tried everything. In fact, they've usually tried nothing. I say, when somebody comes to me and they say, I've tried everything, I say, okay, great. Let's get a blank white piece of paper out. Here's a pen. Um, I want you to list everything you've tried. And I've never, in 13 years of doing this kind of work, you know, in the public eye, I have never seen anyone get past seven things that they've done. Can you imagine that? Wow. Yeah. And I'm talking 150 different things. If you're in serious pain, you know, there's serious stuff going on. You need to go, I need to try everything possible. And, you know, the only way you're going to do that is by availing yourself of this kind of information. Because this is, this is not going to be found on the nightly news. Um, it's only going to be found on the Internet and in places where um, freedom of communication still exists. And for those of us who aren't suffering with chronic issues, we can try one thing once a week for a month. And at the end of the month, we've tried four things. And if they work, if, they, if, if we enjoy doing that, and if it's something that makes us feel a little bit better, which we will notice a difference on right away, then we continue doing it. And it doesn't have to be this major lifestyle change or this big dietary shift. It's just a matter of adding a few things, eliminating eliminating a few other things, and then watching our progress really accelerate. That's right. That's exactly right. And and that can also be not only internally, but what we're going to get into as well, Len, is we're going to get into what you can do topically. Because we know that, of course, when your joint is affected, let's say it's your pinky finger joint, you know, one of the joints in your pinky finger. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of digestion to get all your food and nutrients and superfoods and everything broken down and brought right to that area of your body. We need to talk about what the joints are actually made of, where the nutrients for the joints actually are, and where which foods not only have the nutrients that help rebuild the joint, but also have the immune system weapons that can go into that joint, knock out whatever's in there that shouldn't be there, and restore a natural environment. And the number one thing in the world in this regard as a superfood or super herb, however you want to define it, is aloe vera. Mm. Aloe vera does this trick better than anything in the world. Aloe vera is of a class of plants that are very close to cactus. And it has been noted that cactus extracts can be literally injected right into a joint and completely blow the arthritis out. And that is called prolotherapy. And I just want to mention that because a friend of mine had it done and it just was like miraculous. It's still done and it is legal. It's P-R-O-L-O, therapy. And something just something to be aware of and to look at. Depends on how far down the road somebody is. Obviously, we want to catch it early and not let it get that far. Aloe vera is a great ally in this regard. And we recommend, if you can get it, fresh aloe vera. And you blend it right into your drinks and your smoothies and elixirs that you're making, very easy and instructions to do that are in all of my books and we'll probably provide some materials like that at the end of this program. Eucomia bark. Eucomia bark is very popular in Chinese medicine. It is one of the great super herbs. It's spelled E-U-C-O-M-M-I-A. And what it is able to do is, is get that collagen flexible again. There's what's called a browning reaction in the collagen over a period of time where sugar can oxidize our, our collagen and start making things stiff, and then that becomes a, 
a hotbed for an inflammatory process because, you know, the little organisms will get in there because, you know, those things aren't moving around and blood flow isn't getting in there. Next thing you know, we have a problem. Well, eucomia gets that flexibility back. It delivers to the joints and the skin um, that the restoration of flexibility so that, for example, let's say if you're pregnant, after you get after you have the baby, you want to get your, your skin back to normal, eucomia bark has been recommended in Chinese medicine for several thousand years for that. It, aloe vera would work, of course, as well. And pretty much anything that we're saying here is going to help, even these vitamin C plant powders, et cetera, everything is going to help. But aloe vera, eucomia bark, these things are the top of the field. Hemp seed, hemp seed contains, and hemp seed oil, it contains uh, sulfur compounds in the protein that are very important and probably extremely unique. And on top of that, hemp seed comes packed loaded with gamma linolenic acid, which is otherwise known as GLA. And if you've ever studied GLA, you've probably found out it's one of the best and most potent anti-inflammatories ever. Easy to take advantage of. And spirulina is another one very similar to hemp seed. It has that high sulfur-bearing amino acid content. Again, that creates flexibility. So it's sulfur, if you recall, that MSM. And anytime we get sulfur in our body, we can create that flexibility, the motion, the juiciness. So each joint, right, like a vertebra, in between every disc is juicy. starts getting that juice back in it. Spirulina and hemp seed, to me, you know, every day I eat those things because that's just part of being healthy forever. You know, if you want to be spiritual, healthy, and have a great life, these two foods can really support that. If you're living in a tropical area, the food to get onto immediately, um, let's say you're in Hawaii, Mexico, let's say you're in um, the Caribbean, wherever in the world that you are, noni, no, N-O-N-I, one of the greatest foods in the world, if not the greatest, it's a fruit. It tastes awful, but it's so darn good for you, it's ridiculous. And if you ever come to one of my seminars in Hawaii, um, we'll show you how to make the best noni smoothies ever and the noni drinks where it does taste good, but you've got to know what you're doing to, to do that. And uh, it's more than I can get into right here because it's, you know, it's kind of off the topic. Most people aren't in a tropical nation, but noni is on par with aloe vera as one of the great anti-inflammatory joint-supporting foods, superfoods ever. It might be even more powerful than aloe vera. We should also distinguish the noni that you're talking about compared to the uh, fruit drinks that are sold in the supermarkets. Good one. Thank you for that, actually. I, I get so far into my world that I forget what's out there. The noni drinks that are out there, some of them are excellent. Some of them are actually just sugar. You know, they've been putting sugar into it and, you know, kind of selling it as a little bit of a marketing scam. There's no question that these noni drinks, which are actually more of a noni wine, they're the fermented product of the noni fruit, have some immune system properties, but they do not have the joint affecting anti-inflammatory properties as the fresh fruit has. In the super immune tonic system, we've kind of gone through the first step, which is breaking down that, that bad calcium. The second step is coming in there and just kind of frying those suckers or anything that's, you know, really weighing on our immune system, right? Or little organisms and critters and virus and whatever. And then the third step is we start getting that superfood support and that enzymatic support of the living food diet as well as other things. And these things will be listed in the super immune tonic system. And you incrementally put them in when, when you're ready, when you have the disciplines, when you want to. You know, that's how you do it. Um, we just start with the simple. And then the fourth stage has to do with electronic impulses. And this is something I've been 
literally working on tirelessly for years to try to understand this. I'm not an electrical engineer by trade, but I can tell you one thing. When you have a joint like your finger, and I, I know I broke my middle finger on my left hand a couple of years ago and started having the accumulation of a little bump on my finger, what I found out was something very interesting, and that is certain electrical impulses will actually drive those little critters right out of the joint, meaning that you can, you can set yourself up with um, either you can lay on a mat that's producing electrical impulses. This is the latest thing, um, by the way, Len. No one even knows about this yet. There is a mat out there that produces square wave impulses that is a basic zapper that you can just lay on when you go to bed at night. Huh. And that is huge. What it's able to do, it's able to get electrical impulses where your blood cannot reach in the middle of the joint and therefore can drive those little critters out of their hiding places and they cannot survive once they get out in your bloodstream and your immune system is attacking them. This is a critical point. Again, the reason why we break down in the joints first, most of the time in all animals, including us, you know, every mammal, every um, reptile, bird, etc. Not to say that we're animals, but you know, we have similar, you know, immune systems and everything to mammals. We can we, we have trouble over time as we age of getting that immune system into the joint because it's not vascularized. There's no blood flow in there. However, there is a trick, and that is the fourth step of the super immune tonic system, and that is you can get an electrical impulse. It's a, a kind of a noise that causes these critters to just get the heck out of there. They can't stand the noise. I mean, imagine being in your room and you had, like, death metal blasting in your ear all day long for a year you probably move out of that room pretty soon. That's kind of how it works. And this has been simplified into little devices, um, including a little uh, zapper that you can wear. I put that on my finger, actually, when I broke my finger, and it just immediately took that little bump right out of there because it had healed, but three months later, so it was a bump and inflammation, and it just there was, a, in, there was a problem. These little critters were growing. As soon as I got it onto the zapper, as soon as I got those electrical impulses in there, in and on top of everything else that I'm doing, it just, boom, it just went right away. It was gone like it was never there. And again, we'll have these resources in the manual. People will be able to find out more about these uh, types of devices in exactly. more detail. Yeah. Excellent. This is uh, some amazing, amazing information. What about topical remedies such as MSM lotion or DMSO? And what are some of the things we need to know about these uh, ointments and how to best administer them? MSM lotion, methyl sulfonylmethane lotion. Methyl sulfonylmethane, by the way, is a biological form of sulfur that's in all living things. It's in, especially really highly concentrated in trees and in the ocean, and it's intrinsic to all life. And we don't get enough of it because we eat a processed food diet, and processed food contains no MSM because once you cook a food, MSM goes right off with the water. So as you boil something or whatever, the MSM goes right into the atmosphere and you lose it. And therefore, we're more susceptible to joint inflammation diseases um, than, than even wild animals are because they can stave it off because their immune system is stronger and they generally live about 10 times longer than their maturation age. Our maturation age is about 20. We're living, you know, you can do the math. We're lucky if we live five times longer than that. So we're significantly shortening our longevity by not eating enough sulfur and using enough sulfur on our skin. Uh, sulfur is an anti-aging substance, and MSM is the best form of sulfur that I know of. What, what we do with MSM lotion, which is dynamite, that stuff is incredible. And it's so cheap. I mean, that's the thing about MSM. It's like $15 for the bottle of lotion. I don't live home. I don't leave home without that stuff. That stuff is amazing. You have poison oak, poison ivy, joint problems, et cetera. 
just put it right on the joint. If you need more medicinal support, it's not strong enough, the MSM lotion, then you would jump to an MSM combination with DMSO. DMSO is very closely related to MSM. In fact, DMSO2 is MSM. So it's just an oxidized form of DMSO. DMSO is found, again, in every tree. It's found in the oceans. It's found in us. And the more of it that we have, the more flexibility we have and the more juiciness we have in each joint. Um, Then if that doesn't work, then you would just go to straight DMSO. But I always caution people about straight DMSO. You really got to know what you're doing with DMSO because it's a solvent and therefore it can burn you. It could also, if you, let's say you just got out of the shower and you had soap on your skin and then you put DMSO on, well, the DMSO takes what's on your skin surface area and goes down into your joint with it. You don't want that unless you, you know, you're using a specific approach to get medicines into that joint. So DMSO must be, you must be educated about it before you use it. And I really recommend reading a book on it. That's really the best way to to understand and learn what this stuff does. Beyond that, there's some incredible innovations that have occurred recently I want to mention magnesium hexahydrate. Out of the Dead Sea, it was discovered that you could, this is so fascinating, Len, listen to this. The Dead Sea contains certain substances in in, uh, what's called magnesium hexahydrate, meaning there's something inside the magnesium hexahydrate that has a very powerful anti-inflammatory instantaneous effect once it touches um, affected tissue, tissue that's been damaged or necrotic tissue or tissue that's been hurt by um, inflammation and, and, you know, let's say a, a bad joint, for example. Mm-hmm. Magnesium hexahydrate can be sprayed on the skin topically, and it goes right in there and just starts knocking the inflammation and pain right out. And it was found that magnesium hexahydrate could be activated if you vortexed it. So this is the thing about Ormus, Len. If, if you've recalled this, I've said this before, and this is, this is really interesting to discover this. If you take magnesium hexahydrate and you, you put it in a, like a blender, you know, you spin it around and you get it into a vortex, it becomes highly active and more capable of being an anti-inflammatory and, and being able to get into the joint topically. And this has been researched over the last 25 years and is now available. And uh, that's also going on the list because it, like DMSO, it's, a, it's unlike DMSO, it's a little easier to use. It's easy to travel with. It's just I have a little bottle and you just, you just spray it. It's real simple. And is it something that you ingest? in your mouth or put it onto the... No, it's just t- strictly topical, strictly topical. It's basically a dead sea salt extract, and you know what that means. It contains certain mineral materials that are specific to the joint. And the, the mineral materials, by the way, just to put this on the table and just so people are aware, the mineral materials that we're looking for to repair the collagen in the joint is specifically silicon and the minerals that are naturally bound in with silicon as silicon is produced in its natural state. And... When you're, when you're looking at something like aloe vera, you're going to find that there's this stuff in there with the silicon. You're going to find that in Noni. You're going to find it in practically everything. And that stuff is not really understood. We call it ormus or strange matter. And this matter is intrinsic to all life. It's present. It's a mineral, just like magnesium or calcium or anything else. But it's not been really understood by science. I'm not going to get into the nuances of it right now. But this mineral substance or type of mineral um, can be found in certain foods. We mentioned them already, the superfoods, the super herbs, and it's also found in certain topicals like magnesium hexahydrate. And one more that I want to mention, which is organo-living silica, organo, O-R-G-O-N-O. Organo-living silica is meant to be ingested but can also be used topically. I've seen it remove pain in people's joints and their fingers in seconds. 
and that is really powerful. Uh, organo living silica, we are so fortunate to even be able to have it. Excellent. So the topical remedies that you just mentioned are MSM lotion, DMSO, magnesium hexahydrate, which you recommend to have it vortexed first inside a blender, then taking it out. Would you vortex it already all done for you? You don't even need to do that. It's already done for you. Fantastic. And you also mentioned organo living silica, which can be taken into the mouth and also put directly onto the joint. Now, there's also a technology where we can combine uh, various things, like, for instance, taking the MSM lotion and combining it with DMSO to actually deliver it deeper into the joint. Do you want to talk a little bit about that as well? Yes, those products are available. In fact, I spent years ago, I spent some time developing those products, and, and they're available. They're, they're MSM-DMSO combinations with some great anti-inflammatories in there already. It's already done for you, so it's, you know, it's, like a, it's like a liniment. You know, you get that menthol coming in. And by the way, the menthols are really good at developing circulation in certain areas, especially when you put them in topically in a lotion. You get that cooling reaction, but what it does also create is that there's a dilation of the capillaries. More blood flow can get in there, which means heightened immune reaction. And so we've combined the menthols with the MSM, with the DMSO. A few other goodies are in there. And uh, th that's really great for simple joint problems, you know, where, you know, there's some pain, and, but it's not a real major issue. Be if, you, if it's a major issue, then you move on to DMSO and magnesium hexahydrate and organo and stuff that's a little bit more potent. Well, Dave, what about zeolites? We've been hearing a lot about the, this really amazing substance in the news, and the, the, there's been a lot of research in the last few years on this incredible substance. Do you have any insights you want to share on how this will help also? in alleviating joint pain? Very simply, zeolites are very effective at taking bad calcium and turning it into good calcium, which is a, a good thing to have, right? You can take the bad stuff in your body and convert it into things your body can actually use. And zeolites have been found to be able to do that. Zeolites are just a mineral compound that's found in the earth um, in places where there was a former ocean and where a volcano had, had poured lava into that ocean zeolites are created as a result of that alchemical reaction. Zeolites are of the most powerful earth substances and fall into the categories of clay, fulvic acid, humic acid, and then there's zeolites. Now, you, that might not mean anything to you, but if you've ever studied indigenous medicine and uh, the way that people lived on the earth, say, 5,000 years ago, what you'll find out is that people, and of course it's still happening now, um, ate clay. Now, you'd think, I'm clay. I would never eat clay. But actually, everybody who's had a McDonald's milkshake has had clay. Everybody who's had Pepto-Bismol has had clay, kaopectate. There's clay in those foods. That's a huge industry, but it's been hidden now. And people don't even understand why we would take clay or why it's natural for all mammals to eat clay and birds and reptiles. And the reason is is because it pulls out metabolic waste, and it helps you live longer because it just helps detoxify you of the waste of metabolism. And in our world today, my God, the industrial waste and the artificial synthetic adhesives and all this kind of stuff, you know, we've got to have tools to get that stuff out. Well, zeolites are the most powerful of those earth compounds like clay that have pull out the toxins. And they're so simple to use. It's just a bottle with drops in it. You just put the droppers, you know, drops in your water. It doesn't have any taste or almost no taste. And you just drink your water and you go about your business. But if you're using that zeolite technology, the liquid zeolite technology, the activated liquid zeolite technology, you have got a very powerful weapon in your, in your hands. And it's also been known 
that these zeolites help to deactivate the virus coding, the sequencing of how viruses replicate. When we're dealing with rheumatoid arthritis, we're dealing with a combination of two organisms. One of the organisms is nanobacteria. Those are those little guys who form shells around themselves. And the other organism is a virus. And so the zeolites are known to be antiviral. When you start breaking down that coding sequence, next thing you know, the, the joint's coming back to normal, the pain's going down. And so we add that into our overall protocol. There's another substance we've been hearing a lot about in the last decade, and it's glucosamine and chondroitin. And we see it almost in every, every pharmaceutical store we go into has bottles and bottles of this stuff. And strangely enough, you didn't mention it in this protocol. Is there a reason why? The reason, yeah, there is, there's a number of reasons why. Glucosamine and chondroitin are made out of shellfish, or they can be made out of shellfish. They usually are. And therefore, they can be contaminated because shellfish is loaded with mercury and has all kinds of problems. I don't know what the quality control standards are in place in the chondroitin and glucosamine world, but I am they're not up to speed on, you know, the most incredible organic certifications and everything of quality. Of quality. Anyway, glucosamine and chondroitin are effective because they contain that, that matter that we're talking about, that strange matter, we call it ormus, that's found in the shells of shellfish. It's also, by the way, found in the shells or the exoskeleton of insects and gives insects an advantage in being able to fly because this stuff doesn't really behave the normal, on the normal laws of matter. It floats on magnetic fields. So when you see a fly flying across your room in your house or something like that or in your kitchen, don't just swat that fly. Look at it, and you'll notice that it actually is able to kind of float in the air. It has this strange ability. And I believe that part of that reason is because it, ha- it can float on magnetic fields because it contains lots of the stuff in its exoskeleton. Well, when in our body, that stuff, that floaty stuff, the strange matter, the stuff that really is effective at getting inflammation out, the mineral material concentrates in the joint. Now, if we have had a diet that's deficient in those minerals, and again, these are minerals that are not even understood by mainstream science, although alternative science is starting to get a real strong grip on it. What's happening is, is that we're finding out that those minerals, are, which are in aloe vera, they're in goji berries, they're in all, all everything pretty much that we've talked about so far. What they do is they restore that juiciness, that buoyancy back to the joint, and they make the joint buoyant in the same way as, say, like a hummingbird as it kind of, you know, hovers across the air. It's almost like it's floating, or a bee it has that kind of floaty thing going on. That, that buoyancy is what we're looking for, and the chondroitin and glucosamine are secondary or tertiary sources for that stuff. I'd much rather go to cleaner sources that are more controllable because glucosamine and chondroitin are massive industries. I mean, they're the second most sold supplement in the health food store behind calcium. And I, and I think anything that, that is that widely distributed, for instance, like a McDonald's hamburger, we need to be really careful about how they're so easily distributed throughout the world and in such mass quantities because it's really hard to make special, really powerful substances that readily available. And we need to be really careful if we're starting to see things that we take normally and we find those things in a local supermarket, we need to look at really where it's coming from and the quality controls that that particular company is administering. And sometimes these companies that make remedies such as glucosamine are the same companies that create the food that created that problem in the first place. And we need to know that. I think it's important information for us to know where we're getting things from and 
what else these companies are selling and who owns the companies. Maybe Coca-Cola owns a company that's selling you something on uh, that, that has to do with uh, healing your joint pain. And I wouldn't say that that would be necessarily a most, uh, one of the most trusted sources. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And by, by the way, in terms of inflammatory foods, soda um, is extremely inflammatory. And you know, we, we can give you a list, if you want, of, of the most inflammatory stuff. If you recall, dairy products probably lead the list, then grain and wheat products that have been processed. And then when we get into some of these heavily processed foods, like refined sugar. By the way, refined sugar is a huge allergic food. So many people are allergic to that, it's not even funny. And this can cause, again, an inflammatory reaction. And, of course, refined sugar is the primary ingredient with phosphoric acid and soda pop. And this is extremely destructive to the immune system, to tissue health. It's just unbelievably damaging. And eventually what it causes is acidity. And when we get into that acidic environment due to all that phosphoric acid and sugar, what ends up happening is, is that our immune system just collapses. And, you know, it's like, the immune system just gives up on a whole bunch of battles, and then you see, you know, this breakdown, and people get this you know, really bad rheumatoid arthritis, and the deformation caused by rheumatoid arthritis, and pain chronically, and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be that way, and we have solutions. And what about just quote unquote fruits and vegetables we find at the supermarket that may or may not be organic? Um, does that have a, a does that have anything to do with some of the stuff that gets in between our our joints and those little hard to reach areas? Yes, it does. It has been. It is. That's a really a great question, and it's important for us to know that those little shells, that those little bad calcium shells that those little guys make, though that bad calcium isn't just bad calcium. It also consists of toxins that we've eaten that those little guys like to make shells out of because they know that it's damaging to our immune system. Like mercury, for example. Like where do you find mercury in the human body? Where if you're exposed to mercury, where would it end up? Well, it usually ends up in the shelling of these little organisms. So could, you can have mercury in your joints. You, you have mercury in your brain. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen if we get exposed to mercury. And we've got to be able to, to be clever enough to kind of get that stuff out. And we've got to do it safely. And that's kind of what we're talking about with zeolites and some of the stuff that's able to lock up that toxin and get the bad calcium out that's around that toxin safely and effectively. And therefore, you can probably make a jump to the next conclusion, which is if we're eating a lot of toxins in our diet, then it's likely that these little critters that get in our joints, the virus, the fungus, and the nanobacteria, are going to get us earlier than we should be gotten, right? We're going to expire early. And that is exactly what is happening to the human race. When in doubt, eat organic food. Stay away from anything that's been highly processed, highly sweetened, highly salted, highly, highly really packaged, like packaged food that we find in our local supermarket. We really need to avoid a lot of that stuff because mostly everything does contain wheat, sugar, and dairy um, ingredients. Yes, it does. Right. You're absolutely right. And then, and then you can for sure make the, you know, the jump that probably most of the food that's out there is most people are having an allergic reaction to it to, to some degree. That's creating inflammation, the immune system's activated, on and on and on. And uh, sometimes, by the way, sometimes with joint pain and inflammation, it's just a food allergy. That's the whole problem. It's not, they don't even have nanobacteria in their joints. They've just been eating food that they're allergic to, and their immune system is like freaking out. And as soon as they get off the food that they're allergic to, like for example, a lot of people are allergic to uh, the nightshade family foods, potato, tomato, tobacco, that family eggplant, that family of food. And once they get off that stuff, their joint pain goes away because it was just a food allergy all along. And I'm so glad that this came up because I was thinking last night, 
my God, I've got to mention this because not every case of inflammation and um, pain is actually the same. Sometimes it's just your body going, look, you know, stop eating this stuff. That's actually, we're going to have a list of all those things that you just mentioned, like the most common allergic food items. And there are ways that we can get tested, but there are also easier ways. Just stop eating the food and see if your body, um, if the ailment, it, it just kind of reduces it all. I think that's a really powerful approach as well. But we could go to, we could get into this in such detail. We, this is really just a program about giving people some basic tools and basic tips about what they can do right now to make a, an immediate change in their joint health. My next question has to do with what we need to drink. For instance, the kind of water we drink, the types of juices we drink. You always recommend for any, any condition, even just for improving our health, to drink a lot of fresh organic vegetable juices. What is a good round drink that we can make, a fresh juice that we can make that would really, we get the most bang for our buck? Excellent. Well, the, let's start with what not to drink first because that came up in, in just listening to you right there. I was thinking, wow, thank you for even bringing this up because where we find the bad calcium, right, the scale, where do you find that? You find that in your kitchen sink or your bathroom sink. It's in tap water. And the bad calcium, we don't want to be ingesting that stuff. And if you, if you ingest tap water, there's 75,000 different toxins that have been found in tap water, and then you have the bad calcium right along with it. That is not a good recipe right there. So we've got to do the best we can to get the best water we can get. If that means distilled water because you don't have any other choice, okay, that's where you got to start. I'd really recommend spring water from the source. Find a local spring and visit it and get real natural water that doesn't have any bad calcium in it. Well water can have bad calcium in it, and therefore it needs to be filtered. Really important stuff here. Going beyond that, out of the water equation, if you really want to get some incredible hydration, get the juiciness back in your joints from different sources other than water, there's no question that some of the berries, If you like in the summer I do berry juices, just put raspberries and blueberries and just get the whole thing into a mush and just drink it. It is so incredible. And the antioxidant, anti-inflammatory properties of that stuff is extraordinary. On the vegetable side, which is a little easier for people, you could literally juice celery. Celery is so simple. It's the most basic thing going. And you, instead of juicing carrots, like you've seen guys on TV juicing carrots, that's a little sugary and it's a little sweet. Oh, that's good. Um, celery is a little bit better for most people. And it's so alkaline that it increases blood flow. It, it basically drops the stress level down so that we're not constantly in this tightening, um, stressed out kind of mode. Even if on the outside we don't appear to be stressed out, on the inside we might be. And the alkaline substances like celery juice help to calm our system down and help our immune system get into those hard-to-reach areas. Excellent. In the last bit of this program, I wanted you to discuss um, some of the exercises and ways that we need to be moving our body and strengthening our body and perhaps doing um, some aerobic exercisers to help with our joints to get some of those synovial fluids pumping into our joints because like you said, there isn't a lot of blood going into those areas so we need to get something in there to keep it lubricated. What are your top three recommendations? Excellent. And I, I want to mention in, in this regard that I'm not like a fitness guru, but I have healed myself of a very severe back injury that, that happened in 1989 where I broke my back and literally was was in some way incapacitated for over 10 years, just to give you an idea of how severe that injury was. And I had a huge amount of scar tissue, huge amounts of joint problems, pain in the vertebrae, every problem you can imagine, and I've completely healed myself. So I am speaking from experience when I touch on the subject. 
and I definitely want to recommend strongly because it helped me so tremendously, is practicing yoga, but practicing yoga in an appropriate pace for you. Most yoga classes are like the yoga Olympics. And it's just, it causes more stress. People, I get, I get into the neck sometimes. I, I, I'm a neck specialist. That's, that's my um, field in terms of massage therapy. And when I get into people's necks sometimes, even these great yogis, there's all this tension, hypertension right in that neck. And yoga is about getting that out of you. So when you're doing yoga, you've got to be in a relaxed state. And here's the type of yoga that I recommend specifically. And that is inversions. What the heck is an inversion? It's when your hips, are above your heart. When your hips are above your heart, let's say you are um, doing a headstand, your hips would be above your heart. Let's say you are just bending over, right? Just, just touching your toes. By the way, touching your toes, just that one exercise practiced three times a day for five minutes each, that one exercise, I don't keep my knees very tight, obviously, and I just leave them a little bit bent. I don't, it's very relaxed. I bend over and touch my toes and I hang. Um, this one exercise completely healed me of that back injury. Three times a day, five minutes a day, completely. I got completely out of pain because what it does is it, your, your spine is always being compressed by gravity. When you hang down, when you do an inversion, when you go upside down, your spine gets elongated by gravity. The blood can get in there. You start getting that juiciness back in there. The pressure goes off the joint. Next thing you know, the joints are happy in your back and your spine. And that's the number one thing that I'd recommend. Number two is we've got to get into like a natural environment. I'm not a big gym believer. I think you've got to be out in nature. You've got to be walking around. Because when you're out hiking, just simple hiking, walking, the, the research into walking and its association with longevity, its association with, with great health all the years of one's life, and it's an association with getting exercise but without overdoing it. It was found about 25 years ago that there's a certain amount of exercise that's good, and then if you go over that, you're actually hurting yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. But walking, you can never hurt yourself because we're naturally designed as walkers. And if you walk outside, you get a nice hike in every day. Um, it's very calming. It's really good for your blood flow. It's good to get some fresh oxygen into your body, get that, um, that oxygen to your immune system. And then in and on top of that, you're using fine motor skills and joint articulations that you will not be using on a Stairmaster, for example, in a gym somewhere. There's little fine motor skills that you develop from walking that can't be replicated by gym equipment. And I really strongly recommend it because it's natural. I believe it connects people in the natural environment and it calms people down. I know it does me. I learned that from my grandfather and my uncle took that on, you know, his son. And then, you know, from my uncle, I've really picked up this this thing about walking and how important it is. Um, what else? One of the other things is, is that if you do have a severe joint problem, and you, I would really strongly recommend avoiding those exercises that irritate it. And we've got to be, I had to become very sensitive to that myself. There were certain things that I could not do that would irritate the heck out of my back and would actually inflame the problem for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I'd have to suffer through that until it all calmed back down. I know there's someone listening who's in that situation because I was in that situation and I didn't know what to do. And what I ended up having to do was just avoid those exercises until I could get to a significant level of the reduction of the inflammation. And then after a while, my body came to a place where I was no longer in pain all the time. I could start doing those things I couldn't do before. For example, push-ups. I could not do a push-up for 10 years. 
And it just started very slowly, one step at a time. I started doing push-ups with, with knees, with my knees on the ground instead of my toes, and gradually just built up and restored balance to that area of my body so that I could do things that I couldn't do before. I've got to be very sensitive to doing um, to not doing anything that's irritating our joints and causing an inflammatory reaction because if we get that inflammatory reaction going due to um, the irritation in the joint where, you know, we're rubbing, um, for example, two surfaces of our joints together and there's a bunch of that bad calcium in between, that's like sandpaper and that's not good. That creates more inflammation. Gradually, we, we you know, we'll, we'll be able to get some more, we'll get some pain out of there and get that joint flexible, but not in an irritating kind of a way. You don't want to overdo it. In your estimation, though, exercise is important. Oh, it's crit- It's absolutely critical. The, the main exercise that I'm recommending is yoga and hiking. I, I recommend those because they're natural, they're easy, and they're soft and gentle. Again, when we're dealing with inflammatory conditions, we can, we can accentuate or increase the inflammation if we do the wrong thing. For example, let's say we have knee problems and we go out running on hard pavement. You know, we just got to be a little bit sensitive. I'll tell you another one, and this will be, this will be, we'll count this as the third one, swimming. There's no question that swimming is one of the best ways to articulate our spine, to move our spine. It's one of the most fun exercises. And uh, I really am a, a big believer in swimming in the ocean and natural bodies of water, ice cold lakes and getting in there and getting that blood flowing around. It was found in Russia that the people who'd cut the hole open in the lake and jump in there in the middle of the winter were the longest-lived people along with the beekeepers. And so that's, wow. that's good information. Why is that? Because it creates blood flow. You, know, you jump in ice-cold water, you got your blood's flowing. You go swim in the ocean, your blood's flowing. You're, you're in it. You know, you're, you're fully activated. Speaking of water touching the skin, um, do we need to be careful about, say, swimming in public pools or even bathing in a tub using straight tap water? How dangerous can that be, and how much of that stuff actually does end up sinking into our joints? That's a great question. I have a pretty pretty intimate connection to that due to my good friend who I spoke with yesterday who was an Olympic bronze medalist and grew up in swimming pools and has suffered as a result of that because the chlorine can get into your um, body and it affects your neurotransmitters. It causes depression. Um, it can affect your nutrition. Chlorine is a halogen. It's highly reactive and therefore can interfere with the, your metabolism. It can interfere with your joints. There's a whole host of problems that come from um, being in a chlorinated pool. I'm going to assume that people know that, but if you don't know that, that's why I really recommend natural bodies of water and staying away from chemicalized pools because because of the danger of of chlorine. And bath water? I have filtration systems, obviously, wherever wherever I'm, I'm living. Sometimes I bring it with me and just hook it up to the water so you can filter off some of those really toxic substances like chlorine gas, which is found in hot water, um, in standard municipal water, you're going to have hot chlorine gas. And when you turn that hot water on, that gas comes out as a vapor. You breathe it in. You're soaking in it. You just got to be a little bit careful. Now, if you do the right thing, let's say you have filtered water at your house or you're on a well that's filtered and you've got a good system going, if you can get into a bath with some of the substances that contain the magnesium hexahydrate, remember these strange mineral substances? That's found in dead sea salt. So you can put the dead sea salt right into your bath and then you'll notice it has an anti-inflammatory effect. Excellent. And, and, and lastly, what do you recommend as far as like putting ice or, and or heat on joints that are really inflamed and they're in a lot of pain, or just as a regular protocol using heat and ice and or ice? Both is better than just heat. Sometimes it, it depends on the situation. Some people's rheumatoid arthritis 
is really activated by cold. Some people, it's heat. Uh, it, it Sometimes it's both, it's the extreme of heat or the extreme of cold. But if you do them both together, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, in an area, you're creating blood flow, and you can get a benefit. If you do one without the other, I can't really recommend that because it depends. It's very specific to the person, and it's, it's really specific to what that person is dealing with. Um, I really believe that if you, if you have an inflammation condition, what you're really dealing with generally is too much heat in that area. So I believe that liniments, that things like menthols that cool off the area, peppermint oil, for example, um, and create blood flow are probably more of a direction that, that you'd want to go. And if you know somebody who does the hot, cold therapies, this may be a benefit to you. And it, it can actually you know, be a huge benefit to you, but it really depends on you and your own needs and what's going on in your body. And David, would you also recommend weekly or even daily massages until the ailment uh, or the pain really subsides? Definitely, and, and for no other reason than the power of the, of the hands, you know, the healing touch. This was, this was, you know, an amazing discovery in the last maybe 10 years that the most healing thing you can do and the most chosen alternative medicine of all is massage. Why is that? Because it works the best. Why is that? Because you're getting touched. And if, if there's one problem in our culture, it, we don't touch enough. I mean, we're, we're freaked out to touch anybody. And that, fortunately, is, is changing. You know, the massage therapy world is massively transformed, and it, it's, really, it's really great. And I really think that the power of healing touch um, is, is as significant as anything we've talked about, and especially the healing touch of a loved one. Like, you know, you have, like, husband and wife trade off massaging each other, right? Or kids. And, and parents trade off massaging each other. This is what, you know, I come from a family where, you know, close, big family where, you know, my, when I was seven years old, we used to have to massage my 18-year-old cousins, you know, because, you know, that, that's how it works. And then they would have to massage the people who are older than them. And uh, I, I do believe that that's really affected me. And, and, and I, but I believe it's a factor in, in the health that I have now. I think it's important to be touched. This has been a remarkable interview, and I am very, very happy to be able to present this information to the world at large. And again, there's going to be a manual that's going to accompany this audio CD, so I recommend everybody to really study this manual. Pick one or two of the products. You don't have to go into town and buy everything that we've listed, but just take a few things that resonate with you and try it out. The most important thing, as David has said, is to start someplace. Try one or two little things. Again, it doesn't take that much time. It doesn't cost a lot of money. It just takes a little bit of effort to actually want to take some preemptive action. And if we're really in dire straits, if our joints are really in a lot of pain, then perhaps we need to take a little bit more of a, um, a proactive approach and actually try three or four things or maybe everything <laughs> and to see how it works. And again, taking Dave's advice, start slow. I think it's equally as great that we try new things and add new things in. I think it's also equally as important as letting certain things go, certain behaviors go. If we discover we're allergic to something, we really need to let that go and, and observe the difference. Most of us are not driving the same car we were driving when we were 16 years old, um, but we're eating the same diet or something worse. Now, why, if you're 16 years old and you're driving a car, how come you're not driving that car now when you're 50? And the reason is you probably traded in for something better. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, in the overall journey of life, we're going to have to take on new things or we're going to have to let the old stuff go. And we recommend that you let that happen fluidly, but you might find 
that letting go of a certain food you're allergic to might be more powerful or more significant than other things you're adding. And it's important to be aware of that. I want to thank you, David Wolf, for your time in this very informative interview. And I'm sure our listeners have gotten an, a number of powerful insights that they can apply to their lives immediately. So thank you again, David, for this really remarkable opportunity. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Len. Great interview.